Good afternoon and welcome to the fall semester of our, what was our summer series, but now we've moved into the fall and we've changed subject today. We're going to be talking about Acts and we'll be talking about Acts for the next 20 weeks. So uh, <clears throat> I hope you'll be with us. Uh, well, I, actually what I hope is that we will stop this somewhere along uh, week five maybe and we'll start having regular Sunday school again. But in, uh, in, in hopes of that happening, I'll go ahead and prepare for the whole 20 weeks to be done by video. But anyway, I do welcome you back. I uh, hope that all is well with you and that uh, everybody is in good health and in good spirits. Uh, before I get started today, which is going to be just an introductory to the book of Acts, I'll do a little bit about the background, about Luke himself, the writer of Acts, and about where we intend to go with this. Uh, over the next 20 weeks. But before we do that, let me say a word of prayer. Gracious Father, we do thank you today for the opportunity again to come and to use this, uh, this virtual medium in which to communicate with uh, uh, those that we love and those that, with whom we, we share fellowship. We ask, oh Lord, that you would bless this time for us together, uh, even though it's not up close and personal and in, in, in everybody in, in presence, uh, we know that they are present in spirit. And so we thank you, Lord, for that. Uh, we also ask that you would be with us as we look to your word of truth, uh, that we might, uh, uh, that the word itself might go forth uh, and it might return fruitful. And you tell us that it always will. And so we just, we, we thank you for that, Father. Uh, we ask that you would be with those who are still are, are, are suffering in some way from uh, this, uh, the, 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 the virus that's been going around. I don't know of anyone uh, new personally that has the virus, but we just pray, Lord, that uh, if there is anybody uh, of our body, uh, that you will bless them and that you will keep them, that you will make them whole and well again. And for those that are beyond our, our, our sphere, uh, Father, we just ask that you would be merciful to them. Uh, and that this might be drawn to some conclusion uh, in the very near future. Bless this church, bless the leadership of this church, and all the things that they do in order to keep us uh, together and in one mind and in one spirit. And all these things we ask in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Again, we're going to be talking about the book of Acts. Uh, I know all of us probably have some you know, preconceived ideas and based upon previous studies that we've done, uh, perhaps. Uh, and when we think about Acts, we always think about, uh, you know, the, the resurrection, the ascension of Christ, and then the, the uh, apostolic mission and going forth from there. And we talk about, uh, you know, the, the, both Peter and Paul and their uh, mission trips and so forth. And so we look at Acts as something of a, a missions book. But that's not what Luke in, originally intended to be. And that's what I want to talk about today. What was, what was Luke's intention when he wrote both Luke and the book of Acts? I, I, was, I was familiar with this, this book called Postcards from the Front. This was a book that was very popular during the early part of the last century. Uh, it was a book that was written after World War I. Uh, postcards were, were a new, sort of a new invention by the Postal Service, and it was a, something that supposedly, ostensibly came about as a result of uh, many of our, our um, uh, men and women being overseas in the war in France and Germany and, and uh, seeking ways to jot off very quick little notes back to home to stay in contact with home. 
And so postcards became very, uh, very popular by service people. Uh, when I was going through looking at, at uh, this study that we're going to be doing for the next few weeks, uh, I was struck by something that I read from one commentator who used the word postcards. And, from, uh, and, and it, it occurred to me about this book and then trying to make that connection. And what, what the contention was from the commentator was is that, that when Luke wrote the book of Acts, which most people would agree was just this continuation of the book of Luke, or the gospel of Luke, and he wrote Acts, and it wasn't even called Acts to begin with. It later picked up that name, but it was originally intended as just one particular scroll. Uh, uh, one, of the, one of the asides from that was is that Acts itself, uh, according to most historians, believe that it reached its maximum uh, allowable length for a scroll during that period of time of about 39 feet. That's about all that you could put on a scroll was about 39 feet. And the book of Acts, in fact, contained about 39 feet. And so that was one of the contentions why Acts had to be separated from Luke was because they, the scroll would have just gotten too big uh, to carry around and, and, and transport. But anyway, all that aside, postcards from the front just tells a story about all of these service men and women uh, who were there and it told their personal stories. And of course, you know, and I'm sure most of you have probably written a postcard before, unless you're uh, under the age of about 30 maybe. Maybe you've not written a postcard. But most of us have used postcards at one time or another. And it's usually to just dry off something quick and, and simple, just to make sure that you stay in contact. Well, that's exactly what Luke was trying to accomplish in writing the book of Acts, was first of all to tell the human side of the story, if you will, with as many personalities as he possibly could, and also to relate about how common their experiences were. They were no different than the regular people, if you will. Uh, and he did not go into great detail about any of the mission trips. He would just mention the, that so-and-so was here or so-and-so was there, and uh, just talk just a little bit about that. And so it was kind of like uh, postcards from the front, just something to stay in contact, keep people abreast of what the, the apostles were doing out in the, on their mission trips. And so I think you'll get a sense of that as we go through and see that he mentions a lot of places, a lot of people, and what they were doing, but he doesn't give a lot of in-depth detail about them and their mission trips. So the writer was, of course, Luke, who was called in Colossians 4.14, the beloved physician. There's another thing that's mentioned in that, of course, is that uh, he was, in fact, a Gentile. Uh, there, some commentators would say, well, no, I, that's not really conclusive, but the Scripture seems to be conclusive. If you look in, that, in Colossians 4.14, you'll see that uh, as, as uh, Paul is talking about some of the people that were with him, he mentions several people, uh, starting at about verse 7 in the fourth chapter, Tychicus, Tychicus, Onesimus, uh, Aristocardus, uh, and others. And, he, and when he lists all these people, then he writes down in verse 11, he says, And Jesus, who is called Justice, these are my only fellow workers for the kingdom of God who are of the circumcision. Now, and immediately following that verse, he talks about, actually two verses later, he talks about three other people, and he says, nothing at all about their ethnicity. And of course the conclusion was these are non-Jews, and if they were non-Jews they were Gentiles. And so uh, the conclusion seems to be conclusive that he was 
obviously a physician, but he was also a Gentile. Now, where, where in the way, it may beg the question for some people, now, where did they go to medical school? You know, where did they have medical schools in, in uh, 50 AD? Uh, well, there were actually were the three, meta, three major medical schools in that area of the world in that particular time frame. One of them was in, uh, in um, uh, I was going to say something else here, but I, one of them was in Athens, Greece. One of them was in Alexandria, Egypt. The other was in Tarsus. Uh, and of course, there was a, a very small one on a Greek island. Uh, and it was called Kos, C-O-S, a little small island, but had not only a hospital, but also a medical school there. Uh, most commentators uh, like to speculate that probably uh, Luke went to medical school in Tarsus. Uh, I, don't, I, I think that that probably is because Paul is from Tarsus, and they're trying to make a connection between uh, Luke and uh, the Apostle Paul but there's no conclusive evidence about where he went to medical school, but he did go to medical school and he was referred to as the beloved physicians. Uh, the, the book of Acts itself was written as early as 62 AD, but certainly not later than 64 AD. And the, the time is pinpointed, first of all, because Luke was sort of obsessive about his times and dates and uh, because he was something of a historian. And that, of course, is, is pretty much what Acts is. It's a book of history as opposed to a book of missions, if you will. But uh, th th this date of 62 to 64 AD is all based around what was going on as far as the new Christian faith is concerned and also specifically what was going on with the Apostle Paul being one of the, most, uh, of the, of the two preeminent apostles that were out in the mission field. What was happening with Paul was of great concern uh, to, to all of the apostles, but certainly to Luke. Uh, but Paul was in Rome from 62 to 64 AD. He was awaiting to find out what the Roman emperor was going to do about his case. He had been in prison, uh, he had gotten out of prison, had traveled to Rome, and he was pleading his case before um, the emperor there. But he had not gone to trial again and certainly had not been uh, killed. And if those things had happened, then Luke would have necessarily have included that in his book of Acts. And that had not happened. So uh, most of the commentators would agree that the dates are probably sometime between 62 A.D. and 64 A.D. That the book of Acts was completed and then was sent out to all of the people that he was going to, to send it to. Now, of course, the, the principal source, where did, where, did Paul, I mean, where did Luke get his information? Well, very simply, he, he was, in fact, his own source for all of the things that you see both in, uh, in the book of Acts. He was an eyewitness to the events that he actually recorded or, re, or, or was writing about. He saw it all. And, of course, the, uh, uh, speaking of seeing it all, it, it certainly ties in personally with his purpose for writing the book of Acts. Uh, the first purpose he had was that his, I, I hesitate to say the word, he loved history, but it's a, it's, uh, it certainly is evident that, that uh, he had a, uh, a great desire to make sure that he accurately and meticulously reported all that was happening with the growth and the expansion of the new faith. Uh, and so that's what his, his primary concern was about, was making sure that he was very systematic, very detailed, uh, very meticulous about making sure that he documented everything that was going on with the expansion of Christianity. 
There was also a theological reason for why he wrote. Of course, he wanted to make sure that he validated uh, this new faith as God's plan for both the Jews and the Gentiles. Of course, a part of that was making sure that he was attuned to what was going on with the inclusion of the Gentiles into Christianity. Uh, you, you will all remember that, that that probably took place sometime in the late 50s where they finally had settled the question as to where Gentiles were going to be included as a part of uh, this new faith, if you will. And so uh, Luke wanted to make sure that he used that information, that he pursued that, and he reported on that because it was a, a significant theological aspect of the faith. The third thing that uh, Luke was uh, including as a part of his purpose had to do with the apologetic. Uh, of course, we know what apology is all about. It is defending the faith. And so Luke was strong, wanted to make sure that he included the apologetic aspect into uh, the book of Acts, uh, making sure that he touched upon those things which were critical to making sure that he was defending the faith. And one of the things that he wanted to do, and of course, was to make sure that uh, uh, he defended the faith not only to Rome but also to the Jews. Now, you, you certainly will recall from the, from the Gospels themselves that there was a general Roman acceptance of the Christian faith. Rome, as they as a, would often say in today's world, Rome didn't have a dog in the fight other than the fact they wanted to make sure that this new faith was not going to be uh, antagonistic towards the Roman government. And so once they had ascertained that, and they did that not only through Paul's proclamation and his testimony, but in other ways too. They, they discovered that, that Christianity was no threat to Rome. However, Christianity was a threat to uh, the Jewish faith because of all of the, the scribes and the Pharisees who, who were very antagonistic uh, against the new Christians, new believers in Jesus. And so... Uh, Luke wanted to make sure that he talked about this relationship and the fact that it was not some political movement that it came up, that it was a movement of God that had to do with both Jews and Gentiles. Uh, and he wanted to explain that connection. Uh, the third thing, or the fourth thing, well, had to do with the, the biographical aspect or the bi biographical component of that. Uh, Paul... Uh, Luke, I keep saying Paul, but uh, Luke wanted to make sure that he established a clear connection between the ministries of Peter and of that of Paul because Paul was new to the faith, if you will. He was not there at the very beginning except in a, an antagonistic uh, fashion, but uh, Peter had been. But Paul, of course, had his, his Damascus experience. He had his meeting with, with Jesus uh, and although he did not meet, and we'll talk about this next week, he didn't meet the criteria for being accepted uh, as a replacement for Judas in the, as an apostle, but he certainly met the, the criteria for becoming an apostle uh, when it came down to uh, being added to those who were called, who had been commissioned, and that's what a, an apostle is, someone who's been uh, commissioned as a witness for, for Christ. And so what... what uh, Luke was trying to do was in the book of Acts was to make sure that he made a connection, a connection between Peter and Paul and their collaboration with one another as well as their, uh, their authority. And everything that Peter did, he wanted to make sure that he established the bona fides of, of, of Paul and being able to do likewise. And so everything that Peter did in terms of miracles and, and authority and so forth, 
Paul did the same thing. And he wanted to make sure that he documented that so that he could validate the authority of Paul as an apostle of Jesus Christ. Now, those were his purposes. The theme of Acts, if, we, if, you, if you have your Bibles, you can, you can look in, in uh, uh, Acts 1-8, where they do talk about the, the theme, if you will. He says it very clearly. It's also carried over from, from Luke. He touched on it in the, um, uh, in the last chapter of Luke, in the last few verses. And this is in Luke, the 24th chapter. Starting with the 46th verse, where it says, uh, and Jesus is, is speaking to his disciples, he says, Thus it is written, and thus it, it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. And then he led them as far as out as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And then it came to pass while he blessed them that he was parted from them, and he carried up into the heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually blessed in the temple, praising uh, and blessing God. And, so, and, and jump over to Acts. Acts, the first chapter, in the eighth verse, continuing that thought, he says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So the, the whole theme of Acts is a continuation of what was established in Luke, and that is that, they, that he wanted the apostles to be witnesses to him, to Jesus Christ. And so that was the general theme of Acts. The message was to be one of witness of Jesus. And of course, the locations, as he says there in, in the 8th verse, it, the, the message was to be taken to Jerusalem first, then to Judea and Samaria, and then ultimately to the ends of the earth. And we just, just talks about the chapters for, uh, in which we will be looking at. It talks about uh, what they were doing in Jerusalem and who was doing it and what they were doing in Judea, at Judea and Samaria and who was doing that, and of course the last part is the ends of the earth, and who was the, the principal character of that. It's, uh, the biographical sort of gives us a, a, a rundown of exactly how the book of Acts is laid out. And interesting, uh, it sort of shows, I guess, the, the compulsive or maybe the obsessive nature of, of uh, Luke, as far as laying out the book of Acts and how he divided the book of Acts and, 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 uh, and making the connections that he wanted to make and so forth for the people of God who were going to be listening to or reading this for themselves. First of all, Acts covers the, the first 29 years of Christianity. 29 years. He divided those 29 years into two, essentially two books. Each of those books has got, covers a... a, a span of 14 and a half year periods and each of those periods are divided in first in a two year segment and then in a 12 and a half year segment. The first of those 14 and a half year periods which would be up here, Peter was the principal character and Peter dominates the conversation or dominates the narrative uh, of what's going on in Acts. The second of the 14 and a half year periods 
starts with a 12 and a half year period and then a two year period. So the two year period came here while they were in Jerusalem and then the 12 and a half years had to do with the uh, Judea and Samaria and then of course in, in the second half where Paul was the central character he had the 12 and a half years and then the two years. The 12 and a half years had to do with carrying the message of the witness of Jesus to the ends of the earth and then the two year period was the last two years when he was in Rome uh, and what was going on with him there in Rome. Very interesting the way it's laid out, but again it sort of shows you that this wasn't just, um, uh, Luke didn't, he didn't do anything sort of extemporaneously or, or uh, uh, in, in some sort of a haphazard way. There was a, certainly a well-designed, well-thought-out methodology towards Method to the Madness there if, if you were in the, in the process of writing a, a book which was, which it was going to be eternal in nature. So uh, that is sort of a, a, a very quick, if you will, introduction to. One of the things that I did, I, I, looking this week, talking about the theme, the message or the witness of Jesus. Interesting when you look at, at words, and, and uh, I often want to look up some of these words to make sure that I understand what they meant when the, in Greek. The, the Greek word for witness is maturio, maturio. Uh, which is a verb, and so if you're witnessing to someone in the act or the, the, the performance of a witness, that's the word they use, martyrio. Uh, if it's a noun, someone who is a witness, like an apostle, would be a witness to the, to the gospel of Jesus Christ, they would use the word martus. And then, of course, the, another noun that they ultimately begin to use for the apostles was the word itself, which we're more familiar with, the word martyr. That's someone who is a witness to a particular faith and refuses to renounce that witness. And I think most of you will, will, will uh, remember that it didn't take too long into the apostolic ministry uh, that martyrs began to occur. Uh, and most of you would uh, certainly would remember from, from Sunday school's past that the first martyr uh, was Stephen. So we're going to be talking about all of that in the next 20 weeks, actually 19 weeks from, from this time, but uh, uh, I'm looking forward to going verse by verse and, and uh, line by line as we look at uh, the book of Acts and what was going on there and, and to try and tie together the things that, that uh, Luke wanted to accomplish in writing Acts and then of course how it affected the faith itself uh, as they move forward from there. Alright, let me close with prayer and we'll be done. Our Father, we do thank you. Again, it's uh, uh, just this short introductory uh, leading to a much longer look at this gospel, and not a gospel, uh, if you will, but, but uh, the book of Acts as we look to see how the new faith in our Lord Jesus Christ begin to grow and to develop and to expand throughout uh, that, the eastern part of the world. Uh, Father, we just, we, when we think about all that they did and all that they went through, uh, Father, we can't help but be amazed at the faithfulness, especially uh, as the, in the early part of their ministries, how, uh, how much suffering that they, that they did because of uh, their faith. But we rejoice, Father, in knowing that, uh, uh, that you imbued them with great strength and great uh, uh, courage uh, and, and that they persevered. Uh, they did what they were called to do, uh, Father, and we, we just uh, we, we thank you so much for that. We ask that you, would too, you, you too would be with us as we look to uh, this, this coming fall and, and winter quarter as, 
uh, as we try and discern uh, not only what they did, but Father, again, continually impressing upon ourselves about what we do uh, in, in order to be loyal and to be faithful to our calling in the Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.